Good evening, everyone, and the Rams are the first NFL team since the 2014 Bengals to win back-to-back-to-back on the road. Now they finally come home for a Week 8 showdown against Rodgers and the Packers at the Coliseum. Good evening, Sean McVay. Congratulations on seven unanswered wins to start. Yeah, no, it's it's been great, man. Players are doing an excellent job just being consistent every single week, JB, and, uh, you know, last yesterday was a lot of fun. Those guys did a great job. One of the uh, terms you used was complimentary football, and yep. how unique, how rare, how enjoyable is that uh, when you get contributions from all three phases. Yeah, you know, that's what you strive for every single week. And really, to put all three phases together, uh, you know, to be able to get four turnovers for that to lead to 24 points, uh, that ends up being the, the difference in winning and losing games. And then really to get Greg back and to see him have a perfect day, uh, you look at the contributions from JoJo Natson, you see Corey Littleton block a punt uh, leading to a safety. And, and really, you know, those are the things that get you excited, guys feeding off of each other. And, you know, that was a tough football team. You look at just the, the way that they've played everybody. I don't care what their record's says they're well coached in all three phases they present a variety of issues and uh our guys were ready to go and, and that's a real credit to them and, and to our coaches for having them ready i love the way we we start the show but i mean it was a challenge in san francisco i mean they gave you some looks they made you work for it but as soon as you figured them out things started to loosen up on offense they did a good job you know and, and i think robert Sala, their defensive coordinator you know he did an excellent job mixing up some different things where they presented some different structures and some early down and distances and you know it was it was impressive but the guys settled in like they do and and they did a great job yesterday as far as uh, road trips go, to have the third of three successive be in San Francisco and to get home in less than an hour, that must put you in a good spot here coming back this week. Yeah, it's it's nice to be able to get home quickly, you know, a short trip. And, and then, you know, that's also special, too. You get a chance to have your grandfather there, and my parents were there, and, and you know, it is pretty surreal, and you're just so thankful to be part of, uh, you know, to really have him have established the legacy that he has for our family name. And I know some of the opportunities I've gotten in coaching are a result of the reputation and the way that he's treated people and the way that he worked. You see his name up there, and hmm. he's got a statue in that stadium. And, and that was special to be able to go there, and, and you see a lot of your friends. But, but ultimately, it's about those players and their ability to deliver. And what they did and what they put on tape yesterday was really impressive, and it was a lot of fun to be able to watch with those guys today. I have a message from the mid-'90s, early-'90s Rams. Thank you for beating the pants off those uniforms because we couldn't do it. <laughs> hey, th- those guys, uh, you know, th- they were pretty good. And those, I remember the last time they wore those uniforms. Scary. Ninety-four year, they were pretty good. <laughs> Here's a bit of history too. Uh, the Rams yesterday for the first time since 2003, four takeaways and seven sacks in the same game. And I, I am careful to use the word takeaways there, not turnovers, because those were hard-earned plays by your defense, You're exactly Sean. right. You know, and that's what stood out, JB, is, is the fact that they earned those where, you know, sometimes you can get some fortunate bounces or, you know, where a guy miss, you know, makes a bad throw and it goes right to us. But you talk about the two picks are outstanding efforts by Troy Hill and John Johnson. You look at the strip by Aaron Donald, and then you look at the retrace on the one where C.J. Beathard steps up, Samson forces the ball out, and, and T. Young ends up having a great recovery right there so certainly those four were earned you get seven sacks I mean you you just can't say enough about the defense's energy from the start and the way that they played I I think you should give up the football if Aaron Donald gets his hand in there that deep because he may take your arm with it unbelievable yeah Yeah, I don't don't know how he got that thing out of there but uh, it was a violent rake have you seen anything like that I mean, I've been going through my mental Rolodex. I can't remember a single play like that. Yeah, I don't. I don't think so. I think he's putting stuff on tape that you that you very rarely see, and it's why he's playing uh, at such a high level. But you know, the great thing that you hear when Aaron's interviewed right after the game is he talks about I got to make sure I keep my gap integrity on some of these runs and not jump around blocks. And 
That's why he's a special player because after a game like that, the first thing that he's able to do is look inwardly at what he can do to get better. And, you know, you talk about a guy that's committed to that process every single week, one day at a time, uh, and just continuing to get better, hard work paying off. You know, that's exactly what he epitomizes. I wonder where we've heard something like that before. Yeah, exactly. I don't know where. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds familiar. He lives what he says. Oh. <laughs> uh, I don't think you can get four sacks in a game without uh, coverage behind it, right? And I went back and I timed all four of them. And a few were quicker than I thought. There were two where he got to the quarterback in 2.2 seconds from the snap. So as as usual, he is un- otherworldly. Uh, but there was one that was almost four seconds where he came around right tackle, and I imagine the tape showed that there was some good coverage in the secondary behind him to give Aaron time to get home. Yeah, it was. It was it was great coverage. You know, we had a couple little change-ups based on some things that we had put on tape and what they had put on tape in a certain personnel grouping. And, you know, he was really coming from a you know interior rush spot and rushing as kind of a contain-on-pass rusher and coming around that edge, and he just collapsed that pocket. But you know that was truly a, a, a reflection of all eleven doing their responsibility and allowing him to get home. And, and uh, you know that was a great job by those guys. I feel like we need to get to Corey Littleton because we touch on him. It seems every week, but there was a special sequence uh, in the first half where he had a tackle for loss in the flat, a play in coverage, and then a blitz sack. And I'm not even going to get to the point where he blocked a punt in the game. Um, I'm running out of words to describe what he's doing moving to this new position in your defense. Yeah, I, th- I think it's just playmaker with unbelievable versatility, athleticism to influence and affect the game in a variety of ways. He's outstanding in coverage. Uh, you know, the third down that you're talking about, he did a great job adding on, uh, you know, in a man coverage principle to be able to get the sack. And then, you know, the screen recognition where he gets the TFL. And, and you know, those are the kind of things that uh, players with a great field do when they also have the athleticism to match up with their preparation throughout the course of the week. And uh, he's really playing at a high level. And, and Joe Barry's done a great job. And, and really his command of our defense, the communication that that entails being that Mike linebacker, um, you know, he's he's been great. I threw away the old notes. I remember saying he's never done it before he's never been the mic he's never had the green dot well it seems like it's not bothering him at all no he's uh he's one of those guys that's unfazed in a similar manner but you know obviously a little bit different but similar to how Goff has that even keeled disposition and demeanor and always has that poise where he's he doesn't let anything good or bad really affect the way that he just approaches the next play and that consistency I think is very helpful for us and when you've got that from your play caller uh with our offense with our quarterback and then when you've got that from our you know the guy with the green dot our Mike linebacker and Corey I think that helps you know create an atmosphere an environment on both sides that there's that poise that's that's embodied by those guys that are making those calls I wonder how much watching what you do to other teams is helping him because he is watching just like everybody else yeah you know I I think uh, you know we try to always learn from each other you know whether it be offense defense special teams and, and we talk about being a smart football team but I think really you know our guys have done a great job with the preparation and, and you know our coaches with the walkthroughs but their their intentions their approach their focus their concentration is shown up and, and Corey's been one of those guys that's reaping the benefits of great preparation throughout the course of the week and then letting our practice preparation and our practice performance equal that game reality well DeMarco and I are beating the drum right once Sunday Pro Bowl, Corey Littleton. We're trying to put those I hear you. together as Every close as Sunday. we can. Yes. Uh, you mentioned uh, Jared Goff there. What'd you learn about his ability to play through pain, taking that early hit? Yeah, you know, he's taken some big hits just, you know, in the last two years that we've been together, and, and I think, you know, that tough, toughness is something that you definitely want your quarterback to embody, and he doesn't blink, he doesn't flinch, uh, he finds ways just to fight through. It was a gutsy effort by him, you know, because I know that he was hurting, uh, and once he shook it off, you know, I thought you saw him make some great rhythm throws, he had good protection, had great commitment 
command of what we were trying to get done. And, uh, you know, once I stopped putting us in some bad spots with some of those third down calls in the high red, we were able to finish those drives with some touchdowns. And he did a good job. You know, you see, all, you saw the efficiency in the play action game at a couple third downs where he got through some progressions, moved in the pocket. And, you know, that's what you want from your quarterback. And, you know, really when you look at it because of the short fields and different things, you know, it was a clean game where he goes 18 for 24, a lot of good decisions. They did some things early on, especially in some of those third downs where it was a little bit different than what we had prepared for. And, you know, really had some plays that weren't really great options in terms of finding completions that, that I put us in. But uh, he settled in. He responded from that injury, you know, really on that third play of the game in a big manner and had the offense all day. Before we're done tonight on the Coach McVay Show Week 8 edition, we'll have a segment called Audibles with your questions from social media directly to the head coach and a preview of the Packers at 3-2-1 and as they come to the Coliseum. But coming up next, another three-touchdown performance from Todd Gurley and the latest on Cooper Cup's injury. That's when we continue on the Coach McVay Show. This is ESPN LA 710. And thanks for that uh, little pump there, Brandon Cooks, who scored a touchdown in the Week 7 victory over the San Francisco 49ers. We continue to Marco Farr, J.B. Long, and the head coach of the unbeaten Rams, uh, Sean McVay. Uh, You play without Cooper Cup for the first time in your tenure. So I'm just curious, you know, where did you miss him on Sunday, even though he had some fill-ins do admirably? Yeah. Was it noticeable? You miss him in a variety of ways, you know, but being able to have a game plan, you know, understanding that you're going to operate without him enabled us to do some things that, you know, were conducive to try to be able to, you know, not feel that loss as much. But you always, you know, miss a a player of his caliber. He means so much to our offense. But, but again, I think what, what you really appreciate is the way that Brandon Cooks and Robert Woods stepped up uh, like they have all year in a big way. They did a great job delivering with their opportunities, and Josh Reynolds being able to fill in, really, when you just talk about our three receiver sets. I thought he did exactly what we what was asked of him, made the plays when he had his opportunities, and then you know you get a chance to see Nick Williams come in in mm-hmm. some situations, makes a couple catches, a big third down conversion for us. But uh, really, you know, he certainly was missed, JB, but, but I think those guys did a nice job stepping up with the opportunities that were created as a result of his absence. But we certainly will be looking forward to when Cooper's back sooner than later but but in the meantime I think it's been great and those guys capitalize on their chances that they did have I know you don't have a precise answer for this but what are what are his chances for week eight yeah it's tough to say you know I think because the injury is so different in terms of a you know it's like a a bone bruise if you will the best way I could kind of categorize it in my simple brain as far as (laughs) you know not understanding the nuances of it but you know when you're a receiver that's got there's so many subtleties to that movement in the knee and specifically you know Cooper's going to be back as soon as uh, he's able to with the way that he attacks his rehab and just how physically tough he is but you want to be smart about that if it's this week great if it's not until the following week but we're really just taking it one day at a time right now and uh in the meantime you know you got to plan accordingly both if he's there and if he's not and and we can't be caught off guard one way or the other am i wrong to think that you can clinic off robert wood's game tape no you're not wrong he is uh he has been outstanding and, and really doing a lot of the little things the right way. And the subtleties in his game are really what's separating him right now, DeMarco. And, you know, something as simple as you look at it, it was a second and 10 play, might have even been a second and 11, uh, where he catches a ball in the right slot on an outbreaking route that ends up getting about 12, 13 yards. And, you know, pre-snap, he's running an outbreaking route versus a man coverage principle. The guy's hard outside leverage. And his ability to just get parallel, work a release, and get back that outside leverage attack with his shoulders vertical down the field and then be able to speed cut it by opening his stride up and putting it down creating that separation those are the little things that he's doing snap in and snap out that really separate the, the you know the really good 
good receivers in this league, and he's he's playing at an extremely high level. Demarco, we almost fainted yesterday when both he and Todd Gurley put one on the grass. I mean, we had not seen that. Made me laugh though through six games. He dropped it, but then spun around and like tried to recover it. I know. <laughs> yeah. I know. You know what though? Um, you know what you appreciate about that is the first thing Robert's saying is I got to make that catch, and what Jared's saying is I got to get it in a better spot mm. that makes it easier for you. So when you've got guys that are looking inward and and they uh, they just want to figure out what they can do to do better with results of of some of those things. Uh, that's what makes it special. Again, a couple. I'm sorry, a couple of gold line runs for Todd Gurley. Yeah, going in untouched again. Twice. Offensive line doing a great job. You know, being able to mix up some of the tempos in and out of the huddle, whether it's at the line of scrimmage, uh, their communication at the line or coming out of that huddle has been uh, unbelievably impressive. Starting with John Sullivan and his command and ownership of what we're getting defensively with the structures and how to get everybody targeted in the proper, you know, in the in the right way. And and it's uh, it's been great, man. And Todd's pressing it, seeing it the right way. And I thought Malcolm Brown did an excellent job as well yesterday. You better watch him. He's a stud, man. I mean, he's he's like trying to knock people out, he's running the football. He's a violent runner. Yes. And he is, uh, you know, even in some of those four minutes at the end when you're, you're trying to run the clock out, you're thinking, okay, it's going to be second and eight, and it's second and five because he's – physical he's falling down he's falling down but he's getting positive yards gaining an extra two or three four more yards than what the play's blocked for and you know i you can't say enough about that guy you you, you win with guys like malcolm brown and um you know he did a great job when you do go quick when you break the huddle sprint to the line and take it as we've seen you do uh, for touchdowns the last couple of weeks how does that work with your offensive line? How do they get assignments straight when they don't have time to settle in and identify a mic? Well, we can't tell everybody that. You know, I, I think really it's a, it's a product of being on the same page, having some anticipation and understanding of what we might get. Um, you know, and Coach Cromer does a great job being able to get those things structurally situated. But but it goes back to just the understanding uh, uh, of mm. the intent of the call, JB. And really, the players' ownership is what makes it come to life. Um, I would say this: you never you never guess, but you can anticipate in order to be able to help yourself have a little bit more success on some of those changes of tempos in and out of the huddle and their ability to do that based on what the situation is and, and typically what those defensive front structures uh, you're accustomed to seeing enable us to, to do that because you know I've, I've really never been in a place where we can have the versatility and the changes of tempo and it's a and it's as a large result and really it's only of a re, as a result of our players ability to understand it and then be able to master it because it's about them not us. Hmm. I mean, it's the cohesiveness, right, of going yeah. into year two. Last year you had the same five starters for all 16 games. Sure. Uh, this year, obviously, there's a substitute at right guard, but same kind of story developing here. Yeah, it's been great. You know, and, and, and those guys, you know, you, you, you can't say enough about Aaron Cromer's leadership, but then also just the ownership that then he, the way that he teaches and how that empowers them to take that ownership, be able to explain and articulate. You know, you hear us talk about the intent of the call all the time. And when our players understand that, and it's not exclusive to the linemen, but it's a reflection of the offensive unit as a whole that's when special things can happen and that enables us to fix things or make adjustments and alter certain things within the framework of a game but our offensive line's continuity with how much of that is predicated on them doing things together their communication them working in combination based on what that front structure is and the runs and the protections um has really been impressive and and really they are they are playing really really well as a unit and and i think that starts with coach cromer's guidance and leadership Uh, they're awesome i I just just wonder how much stuff you didn't get to in that game plan. Uh, there's a lot, you know. We, we, you know, I would say that. Well, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, go ahead. No, that's question. Go ahead. 
Okay, good. I'm ready to answer them. Go ahead. No, uh, <laughs> no. I think uh, you know, like anything else, you always want to make sure that you plan accordingly. But in a lot of instances, Demarco, there's game plans where you can carry things over, and we might get to it, we might not, but we're still at least getting a chance to work it throughout the course of the week in practice. And there's always specific plays and wrinkles that you like versus certain defensive structures. But then there's also some good all-purpose plays that you feel like have answers regardless. And uh, we try to go into a plan, making sure, and we usually do have a little bit of overage. You know, I got we got so many plays, it's hard to eliminate some but um you know we, we definitely had some that we could get to that that we didn't uh, i see teams defenses that is selling out recently against your jet motion right sending somebody upfield to try and disrupt that without getting into what your counter move is or is going to be are you okay with that like are you expecting that to oh kind yeah of force I mean, the defense's yeah hand? i mean it's good because you know really what, what, what i think you're alluding to is that you know we're getting some jam structures where they're putting five guys on the line of scrimmage and jetting those edges to try to be able to prevent the ball from going outside but um, you know, if you're going to commit to that, then we feel like, you know, that opens up something else that, that we've got to be able to counter it with. And, um, fortunately, the confidence we have in our ability to throw it, to run it, to be able to, you know, attack in a variety of ways. But it's kind of just, it's kind of that chess match in, in terms of, okay, if this is what you're going to do, we've got to be able to make them pay with something else. And, uh, you know, it goes back and forth. And there was a good mixture of some different things. But even still, you know, I thought it was a great job. You know, on the third and three, they had a similar edge set, and Brandon ends up getting six yards because mm-hmm. he's able to press it and get vertical inside that seam that Higby and Rob Havenstein ended up creating for us. Really, it was Gerald Everett and and Havenstein on that third down and three. And, um, you know, it's just understanding, you know, where is it going to be and and then what is the defensive structure presenting that maybe changes where that typical approach or attack point is. And then based on them saying, okay, if I'm going to keep my outside arm free and set an edge, can I press it and then level it off just like we expect the back to on a wide zone? Somebody said uh, the last touchdown you guys scored was a trick play. It just looked like a throwback screen to me. Me. Yeah, well executed. A, yeah, it was a good job, you know. And really, Ramon, you know, Foster did a nice job, kind of defending it. I thought, I thought Roger did a very good job, and then Jared being able to have a little bit extra time, buying himself some extra time, and then Todd finding him. It was a similar play to what we had run earlier in the season, um, but but yeah, it, it worked out. And, and anytime those plays uh, are are brought to life, it's because the players make them come to life. But it was similar look to what we had kind of shown the, throughout the course of the day, and you know that's something that we want to be able to do is present some some looks that that then. Have, have some different counters off of it based on what we think they're they're defending. What I thought was great is coming off a heavy workload in Denver, you're able to get Todd three touchdowns, but on only 19 touchdowns. And when you consider the ones he went into the end zone standing on, the ones he ran out of bounds, like maybe 15 or fewer hits or tackles yeah, and all no, said and done. It, it was good. I think a reflection of you know being able to get Malcolm in the flow of the game, uh, having some shorter fields, and the line did a great job keeping him clean. Uh, somebody somebody jokingly, I, somebody saw showed this to our offensive coaching staff. They said that uh, we're calling plays like Gurley's on our fantasy team. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, he does have more. More offensive touchdowns than nine NFL teams and as many as the Rams' next opponent, the Green Bay Packers. We will talk about Aaron Rodgers and company upcoming on this edition of the Coach McVeigh Show. Uh, We'll also have a segment called Audibles with your questions directly uh, to the head coach, including uh, we're going to ask Sean McVeigh how good he was at Madden as a kid. We'll get to that in just a little bit. Uh, But let's talk some special teams next and what it meant to have Greg Zerline back to the Rams in their most recent win. Seven in a row, and they await the Packers at the Coliseum. We'll continue next on ESPN LA 710.
Uh, Rams not only coming off another win, but a four-takeaway performance against the San Francisco 49ers to improve to 7-0. and Next up on the schedule, the Green Bay Packers coming off a bye week. DeMarco Farr, J.B. Long, and the head coach of the Los Angeles Rams, Sean McVay. What did it mean to have Greg Zerline back in San Francisco on Sunday? It meant a lot. You know, you, you just feel, you know, the, the confidence that you have in Greg and, and just, you know, it just kind of gives you an extra boost and you feel like the range that he has, the ability to hit it from, uh, he's hit the ball really well all week and then it translated to the way that he played yesterday so huge boost for us great to have Greg back with us and uh, you know he had a great game seemed very spry before the game like very happy to be there yeah like couldn't wait to get back out and compete I think like anything else and and certainly you could attest to this is you know anytime that you're away from it or if you have to miss some time because of an injury it makes you appreciate how much you love it and um, I know his teammates were excited to get him back but just being out there with the guys being able to compete again and feeling healthy you know uh, he was in his element and he did an excellent job yesterday in terms of kick block are there times during the week or special teams on the whole where Bones Fossil comes to you and says hey coach I think I got something for this week I I imagine that happens about Thursday every yeah I kind of just trust that that's kind of the normal occurrence you know really he doesn't have to say much he's he's you got so much confidence in his ability and and that's to be able to put together a game plan that's it's going to put our guys in good spots and you know they're going to play so hard for those guys because of the way that they go about just their communication and interaction on a week-to-week basis but um you know he's he's outstanding and then you know those guys the way that they compete you know for him is something that's special and that's something that you noticed even before you got here you've always had you know just from afar having such a huge amount of respect for the way that the Rams special teams have always competed for the last handful of years when John Fossil's been running the unit um, is a great reflection of him and then the, and then the player's ability to go ahead and make it and get it done. Was there any conversation at any point being training camp early in the season and saying, hey, Corey, given his defensive responsibilities, we need to take him off of this team? You know, he, he, he's taken off some of the other ones, but that punt return unit is such a vital part of, of what we want to try to get done, whether it's being able to create favorable field position and then obviously in a lot of instances create some of those blocks that leads to either a touchdown or safety. So uh, he's made such a huge impact with his ability to, to be able to get that done, especially because that then results in the offense going out on the field. Uh, that, that unit is so vital and so important to us that we've kept him in that unit, uh, and he's obviously given us a lot of reasons why that's been the right decision. You're probably block another one but if he does it again I, I wouldn't be surprised if five guys jump on him the next time he lines up out there that's his fifth block in, unbelievable in yes a few years right i mean it's incredible incredible i mean just the way he lays out like he's done it his, his whole life Certain guys just have a great knack for it and a good feel and, a, and an innate understanding of okay what are we trying to get done and you know, yesterday, kind of isolated on the long snapper. He does a great job with his hands being able to get through. And his get-off is elite, too. I mean, that that's the biggest thing. The get-off and then the feel once you get close to be able to time it up and to be able to accurately get it into that spot where that ball is going to be hit. And, you know, we should ask him to coach us up on no it. No doubt. What's the coaching point when trying to recover in the end zone? The coaching point is know where your surrounding uh, teammates are. I think we had, you know, I think I think the the way that you know you you look at Bryce and you look at Kadero Hodge, they both just were so excited to go after it that I don't think either one realized the other was there. And uh, those are things that you can you can have a lot of tolerance fixing because of the urgency that they both had trying to go after it. And on the ensuing free kick, I mean, JoJo gives you a twenty three yard return. He had a thirty six yard punt return as well, another big one negated by a penalty. But uh, when you talk about that starting field position, I mean, those are free first downs aren't they? They get you started. Unbelievable. Yeah, really. You know, to be able to have those short fields all day was was a big difference uh, where you're not feeling like you got to go the length of the field. And, and that unit specifically, our punt return unit, uh, whether it's blocking punts, whether it's creating returns and, and favorable field position from what JoJo's done, 
has been outstanding. You know, they've been they've been doing a great job, and and that's something that you know we want to continue to emphasize. And you don't take it for granted, but made a big big impact on the game yesterday. Or right, in our third segment of the Coach McVay Show, Week Eight Edition, Packers and Rams uh, this weekend at the Coliseum, uh, changing gears completely. I'm wondering, after uh, winning in San Francisco in color rush uniforms in back to back years, what are your uniform feelings about those yellow color rush? Uh, sets. Well, it's good. You know, if you if you're going to associate that with two wins, we'll take it any time. Uh, you know, I think that if the players like those unis, uh, that's what is important to me. You know, I, I, I'll be I'll be honest with you. Unless it really affects winning or losing, <laughs> that's not something that I'm going to spend too much time thinking about. I probably shouldn't say that on air, but um, you know, whatever we play in, if the players like it and it, and it looks clean, we like that. But we got to go play football, and that's really you know what what my main concern is. But I thought they looked good. I think they look nice. Just look out for the big dudes i mean not the chiseled in shape guys you know the the chunky types make so sure that safe you to say you didn't like that i'm just saying <laughs> you know just make sure okay that accents certain parts of your anatomy you know what i'm saying you know if it's <laughs> I, I can see that makes the bubble a little bit bigger yeah another kind of somewhat uh, argue that's a good thing that could be right <laughs> we'll see him in the throwbacks right. against the packers uh this sunday afternoon uh, again another kind of big picture question when you get in those late game situations we feel bad that there's some starters who can't get subbed out because game day roster just aren't uh, broad enough would you be in favor of kind of expanding from 46 to maybe address some of those situations absolutely so that, yeah yeah you would you know and and really it's such a competitive league for you to even be in the position where you're getting guys rest at the end is such a blessing and so, you know it's something that you you don't ever take for granted because it doesn't happen often because of how competitive this league is but when you're in a situation like what fortunately was able to present itself yesterday you would prefer not to have Andrew Whitworth in there having to close the game out because we only went into the game with seven offensive linemen but that's something that we always talk about what we try to do and collaborate as a coaching staff is figure out what's the best way that we can get up the you know the 46 players that give us a chance to operate in all three phases to play that complimentary football that you guys hear us talk about, but also be mindful of how that approach affects and alters what certain personnel groupings we anticipate using on defense, what do we want to do offensively with our game plan, who's doing what for bones. So, you know, it's always a it's 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 a balancing act, if you will. And, you know, yesterday was a situation where Justin Davis has been doing a great job. You know, we ended up going with two backs into the game and seven linemen because of some of the injuries that we had on defense. And and this week we'll we'll probably offer a different approach based on our plan. For, for the Packers as well. All right, we will get to that plan for the Packers in our final segment, but coming up next, it's audibles, including which quarterback is a football fan does Jared Goff remind Sean McVay of? We'll pose that question on the other side of this commercial break on the Coach McVay Show, Week 8 Edition, ESPN LA 710. All right, welcome back to the Coach McVay Show. We dive right into audibles. Thank you for submitting them on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And we present the first from Martin to the head coach of the Rams, Sean McVay. Uh, he asks, uh, which quarterback does Jared Goff remind you of, and which quarterback would you like Goff to be as efficient as, past or present? You know, I, I would say this. Um, I don't want Jared to be anybody else other than himself. And and I think that's a, a real reflection of what what's unique is that, you know, I've been coaching that long where you get a chance to be around some different people. And Jared's a special player. He's a special person. And I think what's unique about Jared is that he's so refreshingly secure in himself uh, that he's consistent. Uh, we talk about that poise and that confidence and that even-keeled, cool demeanor that he always has. I think, he, you know, in a lot of instances, you know, just growing up from the 49ers, and there's a long way to go, so I'm not making the comparison 
comparison, but I think the demeanor, the poise, the confidence, the pretty, you know, you just look at the rhythm when he's in rhythm and how he's able to consistently, accurately deliver the ball. Guys have a chance to create after the catch, very catchable ball, and he can change his trajectory uh, and his velocity. You know, there's some similar things that you, that was so revered about Joe Montana, uh, but but I'm, I'm not making that comparison. But I think, you know, I want Jared to continue to just get a, you know, become a better version of himself, and that's what he's doing. Uh, we don't want him to be anybody other than himself. We feel like that's going to be plenty good, and uh, he's playing at a really high level. Wouldn't want anybody else leading our football team right now. And um, the best part about Jared is how coachable he is, how receptive he is uh, to the to the feedback, to being able to get some corrections on, on a week-to-week basis. And, and, and Zach Taylor's been outstanding with him. On a day in which the 49ers unveiled a statue commemorating the catch, number 16 for the Rams gets another win in San Francisco. Next question from Jake. Uh, Coach, how good were you at Madden as a kid, and how expansive was your custom playbook? Are you a video gamer? Yeah, you know, not really. You know, I I wasn't very good, you know, but I didn't have the patience to sit there, you know, and – you know, you got some guys that play it a lot and they work you and they know some of the, you know, the, the, the tricks of the trade, but I wasn't really, I didn't play, you know, I, you play it a little bit, but I wasn't say, I wouldn't say that I ever got into it enough to create your own custom playbook or anything like that. But I do like Madden, but I probably haven't played in a long, long time. Video game guy though? Not really. Not at all? Not, yeah. Not, you know, I, I, like I said, you know, when I was in college, you know, I, I played NC2A only because you could play with yourself. Right. right. <laughs> you know, and, you know, I'd, I'd find a way to rack my stats up. But uh, other than that, really, you know, never been a big gamer. Um, just not something that, you know, I, I can see why people like it, but that's not something that I've ever really gotten into too much. All right, to Tyler Clark next. Uh, do you ever play practical jokes on the players or other coaches? Do they ever play them on you? He's heard that Sean Mannion does a great Sean McVay impression. Is that true, and have you heard it? Well, if, if he does, I'd like to hear that Sean McVay impersonation. <laughs> Sean's pretty good about impersonating people. I, you know, I, Unfortunately, if that, if, that imper- if, if that impression of me is something that he's pretty good at, I haven't seen that one yet, so I'll have to ask Sean about it. But, no, we have fun you know there's a lot of different examples of of us having fun uh you know and and i think that's the kind of atmosphere that you want to be able to have as a loose one but it's still focused on you know the football but but i think you know you can do that and still have a lot of fun and and we want guys that enjoy coming to work but i'll have to ask manning about that Mm. one you know those are some of those things where i think you're the last person to know when you're in this head coaching role it's pretty lonely (laughs) sneaking suspicion you'll never hear it or see it yeah i'll never hear that just like i didn't know about the the players only meeting about last I uh, don't know if you'll have an answer for this one, but uh, Sergey wants to know where did Marcus Peters get the uh, headwear post game? I yesterday? think there was a fan that had it. He okay. said, "You know, I think a fan handed it to him from the stands." So uh, he looked pretty good with us. I, I said, also heard that, that Peters, excuse me, picked up the tab for the post game meal before you got on the bus. If you enjoyed some of those yams, that was Marcus Peters. Outstanding. You know, it was his family that you know that provided that, and you know, a lot of really friendly people got to meet a lot of nice people. You know, when we were getting that, they had a great plate made up for me, and and it was it was great. You know, they were they. They did an excellent job, and it was delicious. I love guys like him. He's I mean, awesome. it, it's it's all family. It, it means a lot to him. It does, yeah. you know. And he's 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 fun to be around, man. Really enjoyed him, and uh, you know, you really, you know, sometimes you get action, sometimes you don't. But really, you know, since that Seattle game, you talk about a guy that's bounced back and played really good football the last couple of weeks. Marcus Peters has been pretty good, and good. another guy, Mark Barron. Mark Barron. Found the football a lot. He did. You know, some of the screens, you know, we referenced Corey yesterday, but Mark picked out it, you know, ended up making a big play on a screen. Uh, you know, you you feel two six out there. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, he's uh, 
I think he adds a quiet confidence to our group, knowing that when Mark Barron's out there, we're a lot better football team. And it's been great having him back out there. And, uh, you know, got a lot of respect for Mark. We continue with this audible segment. Uh, excuse me on the pronunciation, but I believe it's Fafello asking, uh, at what age do you think the press will stop covering how old you are? You guys tell me. I don't know. You know, I, <laughs> this I think, might be the last year. Yeah, I, you know, you know what though? It's never something that's bothered me. If anything, it's a reminder of, of what a blessing it is to even have a chance to to be in the roles that you've that you've been so fortunate to be in. You know, at at an age where you, you know, if anything, you you appreciate the value of experience, uh, having great people around you, but. The age thing doesn't bother me at all. Hopefully you feel, you know, you stay young because I feel like I'm 32 going on 62. <laughs> <laughs> uh, a preview question from Jonathan Wallace looking ahead to this weekend. Uh, Jared Goff going up against his biggest quote-unquote shadow at Cal. Of course, Aaron Rodgers, another great quarterback to come from that program. Uh, how does he prepare as a quarterback not to make this game bigger than what it is? Yeah, I think the great thing about Jared is his job is to, is to go against the Green Bay Packers defense. And it's to play really, you know, good football, take care of it, move the foot, move the team up and down the field and ultimately try to score as many points as we possibly can but you know a lot of times people make a you know it's Jared versus Aaron uh, it's the Rams versus the Packers and Jared's job as the quarterback is going to be to move it against their defense so there's never a situation where he's going to be going against Aaron um, but I know that uh, we have a whole lot of respect for this team uh, what a resilient group they are you look at a couple times when they played in the national spotlight whether it's the Bears in the opening weekend or even just this past week on Monday Night Football they continue to compete and find ways to win at the end um, They've been great under Coach McCarthy's leadership. And, uh, you know, it's going to be – we're looking forward to getting ready this week. But, um, you know, we expect to uh, to have a great week of preparation and hopefully it'll lead to that performance on Sunday. I think this one is a little bit similar to the question DeMarco asked earlier in a previous segment. But Alex uh, inquires, have you uh, purposely avoided specific – looks and matchups that the defense gives you to keep them off tape, off of film for future opponents. Uh, he says it's something that he's read about uh, Bill Belichick doing, I guess, in anticipation of upcoming opponents. You know, I, I, I wouldn't say that. I think you always have an inventory of plays and based on the flow of a game uh, some things might be better served at another week you know but we've got certain plays that we do like to activate versus different structures of defenses or kind of whatever their philosophy their overall identity is and some of their lead dog calls and, and how that affects and alters some of the plays that we want to try to activate but um, you know I, I would say that you know, in the moment, we're trying to win the football game and do whatever we can. And it's not like we're saving plays for a following week because it's about being your best, you know, at the moment uh, and then worrying about whatever that is after that. But there might be, based on the way the game flows, a chance to save some things that you don't want to utilize based on what the defense is presenting, maybe different than what you had anticipated. So I would say maybe a little bit of both, but there's never going to be a game where it's tight and you'd say, I'm going to save this for the following week if we feel like that play gives us a chance to score points and try to win in that given instance. As always, in this segment, we thank you, Coach, for your willingness to take questions from our audience. And for those of you who did submit a question for Audibles this week, uh, thank you for taking the time to do so. Sorry we cannot get to all of them. But coming up next, we'll turn our attention to the Packers, specifically Aaron Rodgers and company, coming to the Coliseum as the Rams put their undefeated mark on the line again. More to come on this edition of the Coach McVay Show after this on ESPN LA 710. Guys, to say that. <laughs> See how deep we go in the 53-man roster before all go. is said and done in 2018. Yeah, I want to hear Witt and Sully and Saffold say this is their favorite show. Get Blythe and uh, and Havenstein on there too. I think they made an excuse the day we recorded these and uh, asked them to spend some time recording promotions. Yeah. I think those offensive linemen had a prior engagement, or so they told us. Understandable. <laughs> I won't forget that. Uh, the uh, opportunity available for the Los Angeles Rams Sunday against Green Bay. This franchise can win eight consecutive games 
games within a regular season for the first time since 1969. I know that's none of your concern, Sean McVay, but we open up this segment against the uh, Green Bay Packers, and I just want to get your thoughts on Aaron Rodgers, who if he's not the greatest to do what he's done, he's certainly on the very, very short list. He's incredible. You know, I just the you know the mastery of the position that he has, when you just watch him from afar – Unbelievable athleticism to buy time to escape, to create the off-schedule plays. He can make every single throw. Some of the throws that he makes and the ability at which he can speed it up at the top when he sees something and how quickly and accurately he can deliver the football in a timely manner with a chance to run after the catch. He can throw the ball in rhythm. Uh, when you talk about, when you just listen to him from an audio standpoint, the command that he has on his cadence, you know, because that's one of the advantages you do have offensively. You know, you decide when that play is going to start within the framework of the four. 42nd play clock, um, just his overall ownership and his ability to make people better around him. That to me is what separates great players, uh, and that's what he's done. And and there's a you know there's a belief they're in every single game because you've got him leading the way, and the confidence that he instills in his coaches and his teammates, the type of competitor he is uh, that never says die no matter what the circumstance of the situation is. His understanding of being able to see defensive structures and absolutely make you pay if he knows what you're in which he does the majority of the time, and their ability to change up the tempos. I mean, I can't think of a guy that's caught te- teams in substitutions as much as he has, where he's getting free plays, 12 men on the huddle taking shots down the field, utilizing cadence where the offensive, you know, the defense jumps and he's getting shot plays. So, um, you know, I, I, I'm, you know, I'm a fan of the game, and I got so much respect for Aaron Rodgers and, and what a baller he's been over the course of his career. And, um, you know, unfortunately, you know, we've got to go against him and find a way to stop him. But I think our defense will be up for the challenge. But, but certainly, a lot of uh, respect, a lot of admiration on our end for what he's done over a long period of time. All right, you got the antidote. I mean, 99 is coming the other way. It's still hard to play quarterback when that's on top of You're right. we got a lot of really good football players, and, and, and it's going to be a group effort to be able to try to slow down this offense, and specifically an Aaron Rodgers-led offense. But um, it's something that I know our guys will embrace the challenge. They'll know that it's going to take a great week of preparation, you know, above the neck and physically, and then we got to go out and do it on Sunday. Uh, Rodgers, the first in NFL history to throw for over 400 in back-to-back performances without a pick. Uh, they're also coming off a bye week, arriving in Los Angeles on Friday. Sometimes the schedule gives you extra days. Sometimes it takes them away. What's it like to have the extra days of preparation when you are on that side of it? How much of an advantage is it to come off a bye? You know, I think it really, you know, I, I think if there's any sort of advantage that it gives you, it's a chance to, to get a couple weeks of rest, you know, where you get a guy like Rodgers, who we know his knee's been banged up. You give him a little bit more rest where he's got a chance to really, you know, not have any setbacks having play, if they didn't play this past week and, and get as healthy as possible. You know, I don't know exactly what the what the Packers coach's approach was. I know there's a certain mandate with the collective bargaining agreement that you have to give guys they you know a few days off. So uh, how that enables you to get ahead or you know give you an advantage from a game plan standpoint, um, you know it's more about just getting them that rest and, and allowing them to be a little bit healthier going into this game. If they had any guys banged up, you know very similar to what our approach would be. Um, but but we're looking forward to it. It'll be a great challenge. Do you like watching Clay Matthews play? Just yeah, as a I like spectator. watching him play, not against us. Not against him. Yeah. I mean, tough guy to... Yeah, he's tough. Yeah. You know, and, and he's a versatile player. You know, He's gone back and forth between being a rush guy, between being kind of that tweener where he's playing inside linebacker over the last handful of years. But his versatility, his athleticism, his explosion, his ability to play with his hands and work edges on people, uh, he's a playmaker. And uh, you know, he's a guy that, that, that you've always felt from an offensive standpoint. Anytime you feel guys on defense, that's never a good thing for, uh, for us offensive coaches. But you feel 52 the way that he moves around and pursues to the football, and, and he's a really good football player. I don't know who to compare him to. 
I mean, I've seen outside linebackers, but yeah, not like that. I, I, th- I think you know. I think you got to common, you know, combine you know guys that you really respect as rushers, and then guys you really respect as inside linebackers. He's the ultimate guy that's kind of your joker type player on defense that he can rush, he can cover, um, you know, and he can do it coming off the, you know, coming from the second level, coming off the edge, and you know, you can get him in favorable mashups with your ability to move him around, and those versatile pieces are invaluable for a defensive coordinator. Speaking of defensive coordinators, a change uh, at that position for the Packers this year. They also rebuilt their secondary, didn't they, through the draft and through free agency with a couple of rookies, Alexander and Jackson, and signing Williams as well. So kind of a new look to the back end of their defense. Yeah, it's a new look, and it's a new system. You know, Coach Pettin does a great job. He presents a variety of looks, uh, you know, very aggressive play caller that's going to apply pressure from a defensive standpoint and forces you to make sure you've got answers, both from a protection and some of the run looks, uh, because he'll activate those blitzes on any down and distance. And, you know, we're looking forward to getting into the preparation I wouldn't say that I you know I've gotten deep enough into the tape to be able to have the ownership to be able to fully articulate you know what they're doing in all those phases but I think that uh, he is a guy that you have a lot of respect for what his just over the course of his career what he's done as defensive coordinator even when he's been a head coach for the Browns some of the problems that they present and um, you know they've got young guys that are competing really hard. We've talked about, you know, kind of keeping the group motivated, no trap games along the way, especially during that three-game road trip. If there's one advantage to this week's game against the Packers because it's Rodgers, because it's at home, because this is a team with a winning record that you're seeing finally, does that kind of take care of itself within your group this week? You know, I would say that it's taking care of itself regardless of who we play, and that's a real credit to our players, JB. You know, I, I think there's there's enough respect, there's enough appreciation for the, the competitiveness of this league. And, you know, the, the, their record serves as a great indicator of what they are this year, but every single week presents a new story. You just look around the league, there's too many different things that, oh, you're surprised by what happened, uh, and we don't ever want to get caught off guard. You know, you never let your guard down. you got too much respect for the opponents. Uh, what, whatever their record is, it doesn't really matter. We've got to do a great job with our preparation. There's a sense of urgency. There's a focus. There's a concentration on getting better, establishing a set of standards and uh, with what we deem are our expectations that we want to set. And, and the player's ability to take the ownership on that week in and week out and the consistency at which they've approached every single week uh, I think has been helpful to us up to this point. But but certainly when you look at some of these guys, uh, you're right. You don't need much, uh, you know, creating a sense of urgency. You know, you flip the tape on and, and you know some of these guys you're going against and you say, we better be ready to ride. No doubt. And there's nothing negative about being 7-0. I had to cut an interview off. There is nothing wrong or negative about being undefeated. No. Period. I don't know if anyone said that. I'd like to know who it was because, you know, <laughs> we, we certainly aren't feeling any negativity about it. Well, thank you for your time uh, this week, as always, and we look forward to seeing you on Sunday at the Coliseum. Thanks, guys. Always uh, appreciate McVay, it. DeMarco will talk to you for Rams All Access coming up on Thursday. Yes, sir. Thanks for being with us on ESPN LA 710.